Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We provide fan-oriented and analytic discussions on a variety of animated shows, movies, and anime. I'm Dylan Eisen, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. Today, Sam and I will be discussing the 2016 uh, Oscar Best Animated Feature category. The Oscars are finally coming up this week on a Sunday. Um, if you're listening to this after they were on Sunday. And uh, here on the Overly Animated Podcast, we have podcasted on all five nominees. Hooray. Not on purpose. Um, well, some of them on purpose. The, the last three were on purpose. The first two were incidental. We covered them anyway. Uh, so if you want to check out our coverage for any specific movie, you can Google the movie name and then <laughs> Overly Animated Podcast. I think that'd be the fastest way. Uh, and uh, so the Inside Out was our first ever podcast here at the Overly Animated Podcast. And Marnie, when Marnie was there, is also a very early one. The others are more recent. And um, Sam and I have seen all five of them each, even though I did uh, a podcast with Mel on Inside Out and also with Delaney on Marnie. Uh, I was on the uh, Marnie Yeah, ones. also with Delaney on Marnie. And uh, we will be discussing all five of them, their chances for this category, uh, what this category means overall. <laughs> this is probably the most extensive coverage you will find anywhere on the internet about the 2016 Oscar Best Animated Feature category. Yeah, who cares about like Best Picture, like Best Actor? This is the real category, guys. This, this is the, the one real- that you want to watch. The one that's going to come in the boring middle of the ceremony part, probably. Perce- it usually comes beca- in like it's like one of the first awards so, like yeah early half presented by some celebrity that doesn't care about animated films right like it's gonna be great i'm not even gonna get to watch it live that's Aww. how much i care <laughs> i actually do care i i really care i'm just like i have business to attend you have business, to. business to attend to so uh of note we will not be giving any spoilers for any five nominated films on this podcast you do not have to have seen any of the five or any specific one Sam and I have, and we can tell you what we think of them. Um, but if you want spoiler discussion, in-depth discussion, look for our specific podcasts on each one. Okay, so I think, yeah, so we have to make sure we don't spoil Anomalisa. I think that's the big one. Um, that's the one out of the five I think you, you most need to not be spoiled for going to that movie. You, the audience. Uh, but yeah, yeah. You, Sam, don't spoil this for people. Yeah, also you, Sam, don't spoil it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're going to get in. This is not a traditional podcast for us, kind of a general topic overview. Um, yeah, so this this category. Let's. Oh, yeah, by the way, overlyanimated.com is where you can find out about this podcast. Search for the Overly Animated Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and subscribe there. So uh, first thing about the, that I want to talk about is... Uh, for, okay, first let's name the five films. Uh, Inside Out, Anomalisa, Shaun the Sheep movie, Boy in the World, When Marnie Was There. Uh, I want to talk about this category because I think the natural question many people listening to this, if you have not turned it off yet, have is, why do you care at all about the Oscar uh, Best Animated Feature category? Some of you may even be saying it's kind of a joke of a category. And I would, I think, heavily disagree with that um and counter with not only is it not a joke it is the most legitimate uh evaluation of the year's animated uh films released in the united states uh, available now there's not many things that not many people who try to do that award ceremonies the big one is the annies 
Um, I think the Ennies are clearly much less legitimate than this category. Really? Clearly. Because the enemy, the Ennies have a lot of outside factors happening. Um, big controversy a few years ago about how the anim- the Ennies are just a shill for... Um, I actually forget. <laughs> was it for Disney or was it for DreamWorks? I think it was for I Disney. Was- one of the two there's the problem is people contribute to the annies like money and so they sway one way or the other anyway the annies are really not a super legitimate ceremony um blowing my mind here dude yeah no this was a whole thing look like a few years ago they look up this controversy so that doesn't mean that this category is legitimate at all um who votes on this category the animation branch of the academy uh theoretically people in the industry who are involved in animation in some way um Probably most, you know, I mean, probably mostly probably like old white men because that's how the Oscars are. Um, although they have taken steps to change that very recently. And um, you look at the winners of this category since it existed in 2001. Uh, I think it's bi- the biggest triumph for the category is uh, giving Spirited Away the win in 2002. Uh, pretty, just pretty incredible. Uh, like pretty incredible nominating Japanese films and having that one even win. For some reason, I thought you meant like Spirit Stallion of the Cyberhan. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> what is that. It's <laughs> a horse movie. I guess I was obsessed with that movie when I was really? younger. <laughs> yeah, wow. it was actually nominated the same year. Anyway, yeah, Spirit of the that. Way. I've never seen that. Uh, mostly, mostly, uh, Pixar movies have won in this category. Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Ratatouille, Wally. Up, Toy Story Three, Brave. Uh, that's a good. That's a good uh, listing of some of the best Pixar movies. That's the thing. Like, it's not just that they're always pick a Pixar movie. Other than maybe Brave, those are those are the top tier Pixar movies. So, I think that. Uh, oh my God, Happy Feet one. Yeah, I've never seen Happy Feet, but last, Monster House was good. Um, Rango in 2011, <laughs> Happy Feet. Uh, these aren't necessarily years with um some great choices, but I mean Jimmy Neutron was nominated, so. Here's what I want to argue, though, about why this category is great, is because the nominations, especially in recent years, have been incredible. Um, this year, they nominated When Marnie Was There, the uh, final Studio Ghibli film, a movie which it's so hard to figure out how the Oscars nominated this movie. Like, I mean, the only thing that makes sense is that this is a Ghibli movie, right? So it's very high profile, to especially to the people who like me who obsess yeah. over Studio Ghibli. So that makes sense. But like, this is just like the a super quiet, uh, very Japanese character driven film. Like, it's it's not something that makes sense to get any sort of hype in in this country. And it's not like they they're like required or like it's just like yeah, let's throw a Ghibli movie and they release one this year. Like they didn't uh, nominate Arietti. Or, uh... Yeah, they it's it's not like they nominated a ton of them. Yeah, so they did uh, nominate Princess Kaguya last year. Another, I think that's another triumph of a nomination, honestly. Um, when they didn't nominate the Lego Movie or Book of Life, though. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people, like... a lot of people love the Lego Movie, and them not nominating it gets a lot of respect for me because I do not like that film. I like the Lego Movie. We will lot. discuss that at some point. But boy, do I have a lot of criticisms about that movie and not nominating that all people got so up in arms about that. I actually think that's like a great (laughs) non-nomination IMO. Um, This year, they also nominated. Here's the here's why I love this category. They nominate just these obscure um, 
they consistently, the last several years, have nominated obscure foreign animated films over the big budget American uh, mediocre animated films that have come out this year. Consistently across the board, they they keep doing this. It's it's one of the only, um, and of course the Oscars tend to do this. They this is if you it makes sense if you think about it in terms of the Oscars overall. They Oscars nominate more artsy films than uh, big budget films, and a big push is for them to embrace more big budget films in the best animated the best uh, feature category overall. Um, but like it, it's 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 just in in an industry where there's just a few players in the U.S. Um, getting traction for these these foreign smaller films like Boy in the World, which uh, we talked about this year, is this uh, like hand-drawn kind of uh so weird i don't even know how to describe it brazilian film uh by this one guy and it's 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 kind of an incredible movie i don't it's not necessarily like sam and i's favorite but uh it's a it's a pretty incredible film and i'm pretty happy it got nominated uh one of my favorite nominations was several years ago um the secret of the kells in 2009 i wouldn't have seen that film unless it except for it got nominated so i seeked it out and that's one of my favorite movies so i've never seen that movie at all we could podcast on that at some point that's that's it, it's just visually incredible uh by the same i believe by the same irish studio that did song of the sea that got nominated last year but i haven't seen that one yet or two years ago or last year yeah so i just Persepolis is a good nomination that they did once there's there's a lot here um and you can even appreciate it unless you see all of them like <laughs> Uh, like Cat and Parish, Chico and Rita. I haven't seen those two. The, the in two thousand and eleven. So how would you? How would you even know? Unless, unless I hate Wes Anderson so much. <laughs> okay. No, I was just seeing the Fantastic Mr. Fantastic, Fox. That's a solid nomination. I like they nominated Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is great, and then they had Upwind over it, which is also great. <laughs> like that 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 two thousand nine year. Those that's a solid group of. Um, I've actually seen all five of those films. That's a solid. I've never group. seen Coraline. You should you should see Coraline. I so, tried to watch it once, and then I was just getting bored. That's an important film, I guess, in in animation. Very important. Film. Thank you. Okay, so basically, what I'm trying to say is, this is like a legitimate category with legitimate nominations. You may disagree with some of the winners, like last year, Big Hero Six. Um, I've not actually haven't seen Big Hero Six, but any I I can't imagine that's anywhere close to Tale of Princess Kaguya. Like, there's no way. Kaguya is a masterpiece, and Big Hero 6 winning over it is probably completely legitimate. Again, I haven't seen it. Uh, people were up in arms at how you drain your dragon 2 didn't win. You know, I don't I don't know. Um, that Frozen winning in 2013 seems great. I think that a lot of people are cynical about Frozen now, but that is a truly good movie. Just oversaturation of the market. Just oversaturation, but like you look at the core and it's it's very good. So like I think this is a good category. Um I don't think it's so simply a shell for a shell for uh, Pixar as you might think, and um, I think there's a lot of legitimate critical rec- re- uh, recognition here. Also, more importantly, I just uh, we just spent like ten minutes arguing. The more important reason is that this is like a good outlet for for just watching some of the best animated films of the year and talking about it here. And I want to cover this. Uh, it's like this your movie Rex for the next couple. Yeah. Weeks. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I, I do think it should be noted. I don't know if anyone really cares about this category that much in the industry. I'm not sure how much it matters to people. Uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure, like, the difference between Inside Out winning this year and Anomaly's upsetting it. 
uh, matters too much to Pixar. I'm, I don't know. The only movie that has not won, that's one that wasn't Pixar since I started watching the Oscars is Rango. Amazing. Big Hero 6 is not. I mean, those are... Oh, Disney. Those are Disney movies. Big Hero Whatever. 6 and Those are not Pixar movies. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it is a, it's a good distinction to make. But you're I, right. Most of this has been Disney movies the last several years. Again, though, Pixar did not own... Disney did not own Pixar while most of these Pixar films were winning, so... I'm, I'm, uh, that's basically me just trying to say I kind of have felt a little bit that like uh, it is sort of like a shoe-in for Pixar or Disney, uh, which... With whatever film they decide to submit. Because, you know, like, maybe people in the industry don't care that much and they go for, like, the most recognizable. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think the nominations are more legitimate than the winners. I think I've clearly said that. But, um, like, look at the Pixar movies that have won, again, with the exception of Brave, which I do think is a good film. And I think deserved basically to win at, that year. Although I think I probably would have given it to Wreck-It Ralph. Um, no, Paranorman is really good. I haven't seen Paranorman, I will say that. It's great. Look at these, the Pixar films, the one, they are incredible. So, I don't know. Um, they've, they've basically recognized the best Pixar films, so, you know. Shark Tale. And also, in 2001, Shrek winning over Monsters, Inc. is a joke. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> no, Jimmy Neutron, come Jimmy, on. Jimmy, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen it. I've seen the movie, but I haven't seen it, like, recently enough to, like, oh, we know, should watch to, like know whether it's, like, actually good. We should uh, drunk podcast on that. We should. That'd be a good idea. Okay, so let's yeah, talk like about. It's just not gonna help hold up hold up well at all. So let's talk about what you're gonna see on Sunday night uh, when this category is announced. So basically, this is a. Um, there's two ways to look at it. Either one, Inside Out is gonna win, which it is. Um, spoiler alert. Like that, so that ruins like our entire podcast. But uh, the other way to look at it is a two horse race between Inside Out and Anomalisa. Uh, here's the thing, Anomalisa a charlie kaufman film this this is like a legitimate like adult movie that's going to appeal to a lot of people voting on for this category and it hasn't necessarily received a lot of the acclaim that inside out has but uh it's 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 you could it's it's easy to envision a scenario where uh, anomalisa is the one that wins on, on it's Sunday. sort of like you know maybe in another world this will be in like best picture category both of these movies could have been nominated for best picture i wonder why they weren't so uh, yeah, I do want to talk about that. Thanks for reminding me. But um, it's Charlie Kaufman is revered, and um, this is an, an Anomalisa is a truly great movie. So it, it really could it really could win this category. Um, let's okay. let's talk about why the, both Anomalisa and Inside Out were not nominated for Best Picture. So I think Anomalisa is easier to see why it wasn't. Um, it's really weird. It's stop motion. It's not super accessible to the general voting populace. Um, I don't think. Char- yeah, usually, usually this kind of like film, especially Charlie Kaufman films, get nominated for a screenplay. Screenplay, and not best picture. Yeah, it, there's precedent for Charlie Kaufman not making it into the best picture category. Um, also, the way the best picture balloting system works. Hopefully, I'll have a podcast up discussing the Oscar best picture nominees off-topic podcast. Um, but it it really rewards general. Uh, general agreements on them being good films not necessarily polarized films like this one probably is um so that one's easy inside out not not getting a best picture nom was actually one of the small group of films that people thought really really would get nominated for best picture inside out and carol and straight out of compton were the three huge surprises not getting a best picture nomination yeah and uh we can talk about inside out not getting it um 
per- like personally, I'm very okay with it. As you'll see soon, see, I did not, I was not in love with Inside Out. I thought it was good, not great. Um, and I think that if, if like, if it was Room that got in instead, I'm not sure how close to the edge Room was or not, but uh, that's like uh, miles away. A better yeah, film. Room is like, it's great. Sam and I both agree that film's truly great. But yeah, it's not going to win, but like. Sam and I both not super high on Inside Out. Do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So. It's, it's okay. It's, we're not, it's, yeah, that, that shouldn't be a barrier to continue listening. We're not going to necessarily harp on that too much. But um, I can understand why people really like Inside Out. Um, I think it's not as deep as people think it is. But uh, it's, it's, I think. I don't know. I'm not actually not sure why it didn't get a Best Picture nomination. I think it's the type of film that would like it's Toy Story three got one right. Like yeah, it's, it's not like it's unheard of. I mean, it's happened in the past five years. So it should be noted since Toy Story three uh, was nominated in for Best Picture, you know, in 2010, uh, the rules are different. I think Toy Story three 2010 was the first year they expanded Best Picture to more than five nominations. Uh, but since 2010, they have narrowed the acceptance criteria for films. So right now, Best Picture is between 5 and 10. You have to meet a certain threshold of first place votes, and you have to get a uh, high enough uh, ranking within uh, the overall vote total. And it has narrowed since then. So it is it is harder for films to get nominated for Best Picture now than it was five, six years ago. So it is possible that if Inside Out were out in 2010, it would have gotten the nomination, basically. Inside, no one cares about that. Uh, best picture voting <laughs> tendency changes, but yeah, so it's not. I mean, it was on the border. Um, I think it probably had general acclaim, but people were ranking things higher than it. it it's also like if you just want to look at general things, like it came out in whatever May, June, right? It's it had time for the hype to die down. Oscar films generally want to come out at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. It's it's it's. I think that personally, one of the barriers to entry to me is the emotion. The personified emotions seem uh, fairly childish and are fairly shallow throughout the film. I think that may. Yeah, I, I agree. That might that. have been a thing that uh, 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 best Oscar voters also thought. So. Um. So there you go. It's it, it would have been nice. I I would have. I mean, on what it's like. On one hand, I would have liked liked an Inside Out to get the Best Picture nomination for to pr- to continue to promote the legitimacy of animated films. On the other hand, I don't think it's the best animation has to offer, so I don't necessarily want it to be what people think of as um, the best animation. A film like Anomalisa, on the other hand, represents uh, where I want uh, American animation animated films to go uh, more uh, exploring, doing things that. Like, Live action films can't do more adult content, more um, just really intelligent, uh, great storytelling. So I would have been thrilled with an Anomalisa Best Picture nomination, on the other hand. But that didn't happen. But it didn't happen. And it was never going to happen. So let's talk about this category. So like I said, um, Inside Out will probably win, but Anomalisa could win. Um, I think there's probably enough people voting in this category that... um, Charlie Kaufman fans cannot like get Anomalisa to the top, but that's probably what you'll see. So let's talk about these films in order of um, uh, likelihood to win Best Pictures. Um, and we can, we're not going to spoil them. We're going to give a general overview and each give our thoughts. So let's start with Inside Out. We basically already talked about this, but yeah, um, big, big hype for this movie this year. Uh, it's considered like a return to form for Pixar. Um, 
What if feelings had feelings? <laughs> the concept initially kind of a turn off for a lot of people, but uh, it really was a lot deeper than kind of initially thought the concept would indicate uh, kind of exploring mental illness and um, just generally like people's inter- insides in a way that a lot of uh, people don't think about. Um, like I said, my feelings on this movie are that uh, it's not as deep as a lot of people think. I think that Mel, you can check out Mel and I's podcast on this. Mel represents the opposite <laughs> perspective. I, I think that uh, as a film about mental illness, there are two better ones in this category. Um, so it's it's really not what people think it is in that <laughs> regard. Um, as a film that uh, kind of encourages people to to self-reflect on their mental state and like how their brain works. I think it's good. But I also think that for me as someone who frequently does that, this was, um, it, it, it to me, I've, I've, as at my most cynical, I describe inside out as a film about, uh, like mental illness and, uh, the inner workings of the mind for people who never think about those type of things. Sure. Which is a little bit insulting to people who like the film. But uh, like I said, that's my cynical perspective of it. Um, do you agree with me that this is really, this doesn't well, like have. Psychology 101. It's like Psychology 101. I know. And it's for true. Babies. For For psychology babies. A lot of people really don't think about how they think. Like, that's yeah. the thing. So it's, I can understand why a lot of people would react to it. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy they did. But uh, at the same time, I just didn't think anything it's saying was super revolutionary or deep at all. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like what you said. It's like a Pixar uh, return to form. It's like Toy Story, but with feelings. A return to form and quality. Toy Story, but with feelings. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with this being seen as a Pixar return to form because this is the type of film you want Pixar to produce original content. Uh, super interesting. Um, doing things you couldn't do. Like that is. This is this movie is an example of doing things you can't do in in uh, live action. Speaking of what I said about Anomalisa, so I'm I'm fine with people loving it. Like there's a lot to like about it. Uh, just personally, not super high on it. Also, so I, also, I, I, also, its narrative is is uh, really stale. I just had a thought. Like, what if this was live action? <laughs> so like people dressing up in like the costumes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's impossible. Yeah, that's funny. I guess you'd CGI the. Uh, the emotions right uh, well, you could always just put people in costumes yeah have you ever seen uh this art student they um took out all of the emotion scenes from the movie so it's just the plot like yeah yeah the yeah the riley stuff i did love the riley stuff and i love riley as a character so and it ended up only being like 15 minutes of the movie yeah, it was not a large part of the movie <laughs> uh it should be noted inside out a fairly feminist film the three main characters are female and even though personified emotions having gender is dumb, uh, constant uh, theme about us talking about Sean the Sheep, too. She plays hockey. I love that Riley plays hockey. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's things I like about it. Um, it's it's I do like the film overall. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it's it's going to be an unexciting win when it does win, but I will choose to think of it as a... Uh, a win for female driven films and a win for films that actually explore um, psychology and like the work inner workings of, of minds. Agree. So that's the way to look at it. Even if it's uh, a film with a really stale narrative. 
Okay, let's talk about Anomalisa. This is a film you probably have not seen. Um, it is a stop-motion film by Charlie Kaufman and uh, Duke Johnson also. Um, this is a film Sam and I podcast on. You can check out about it. Uh, basically, a summary of our thoughts. Uh, I absolutely love this film, and Sam also likes it, but does probably doesn't love it as much as me. <laughs> I don't love anything as much as you. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> You gave in already? Okay. I didn't didn't even have to provide an example. I mean, it's true I wasn't, like, that high on this film. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... So, pick one. Anomaly Sir Inside Out. Oh, God. Can I go with Neater? But, like, which would you rather see win? I think you'd probably rather see Anomaly Sir win. Uh, Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Um, It'd be be more like a... In a perfect world... Marnie would win, but yeah. that's not going to happen. It'd be more. It's more of an outside the box pick. It's more of um. It's it represents more good, I think, overall to the industry. <clears throat> it's like the Persepolis of the. The only problem is Anomalies is a very male perspective film, and Inside Out is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I agree. That's yeah. the only big problem. So let's talk about Anomalies. Anomalies is uh, it's hard to talk too much about it without spoilers. It has an incredibly creative narrative device, which um is probably my favorite narrative device of the whole year of any film. Um, it's got, uh, it's kind of this very cynical film from a very Charlie Kaufman perspective, looking at how the world works, the monotony of the world. Um, it explores mental illness in a way I cannot elaborate on without spoilers. And um, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's like cynical in a way that seems like revolutionarily uh, honest. If, uh, if you're not like cynical about cynical things. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. Uh, the Spoilers. The location of the film. Uh, basically, I think the film's incredible. Um, it's one of my favorites of the year. And I, it's it's probably my favorite of this category, although I also love Marnie Was There, when Marnie Was There. They're, they're my top two for sure. Um, I love that this film got nominated. I would have liked more recognition from it overall from the Academy, but um, a win in this category would would be great. Uh, this is an this is the, the should say, we should say this is an adult film. It's really like rated R or whatever, right? Yeah. And um, it's 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 like cerebral. It's um, like hard to conceptualize. It's uh, just just so much stuff, and um, it's it, it may, like makes you think. It um, changes your perspective on things, and I'd recommend it to people who that type of thing sounds appealing to. And I just I just uh, think it's really great. I go to art school. You do. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I don't. I. I feel like with this type of movie, uh, like I like not necessarily that I've seen it before, but it's like um, I don't know. Like a lot of the uh, cleverness is like, well, I kind of have seen some of it before. Like, yeah, I agree. There's like a lot of like the cynicism of the world, the uh, monotony world type of stuff you might see in other like type of like edgy type of works. <laughs> edgy. I think this film was definitely edgy. Yeah, like Sam. Like like Sam. I'm so not why don't, you're an edgy person. Why don't you like this edgy film? Because it's like it's like entry level edgy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think. That, I mean, I think I could understand in certain ways it's seeming entry level edgy. I, I think that in terms of like its perspective on like when it gets into mental illness type stuff, I would not characterize that as entry level edgy. I don't know. Basically, it's the, the the strongest parallel to this movie is like. What in terms of another movie is Lost in Translation, which I know you haven't seen, um, or maybe you I mean I can't imagine. I like um, my perception of Lost in 
in translation is not an edgy film. Is not an edgy film. Like, I don't. Uh, it was. It was super edgy, Dylan. Like, it didn't it win Best Picture that year? I don't know. No, it didn't. I think. I think it won like maybe screenplay. But it, um, wasn't it nominated for Best Picture? I think it was. Okay. I mean, edgy. You know, Lost in Translation. Like Sofia Coppola. Like, you know, it's like it's like hipster, hipster, hipster. Yeah, I like I. I really, I really think Charlie Coughlin is like m- m- way more edgy than <laughs> Sofia Coppola. Smarter than your average hipster. <laughs> I would say edge more edgy than hipster. Anyway, um, this this film's kind of a uh, it's 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 a it's like a big deal for people like me who want to see more out of the animation industry in this in this country, um, and. I would definitely recommend seeing it if if it did win a screenplay. By the way, okay, did was it nominated for best picture? Yeah, it was okay. Uh, yeah, this this that's what I mean. Like this film's way too edgy to be nominated for best picture, as we said. So therefore, it's more edgy. That's <laughs> way too edgy. Okay, so uh, again, Anomalisa could play spoiler to Inside Out on Oscar night. Um, it, it's really it's it. I would say I would say eighty five percent Inside Out, fifteen percent Anomalisa are, are your odds going into Sunday. Yeah, I agree. So it's don't take it for a given in your Oscar pool, but it's it's inside out a heavy favorite. Okay, Dylan, do you want to do an Oscar pool? It's I I I guess I don't know. I follow this. I follow it fairly closely. The okay. all the categories. So I, I I'm I would I would crush you. You'd, you'd probably I, I would crush you is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in uh, the order of uh, speaking of which, the order in which we're going in, I'm going to be following the order on Variety's Eden Contention a blog about um, ranking the all the categories on uh, their chances to win. This blog is run by um, Christopher Tapley. It was previously on HitFix and migrated to Variety this year, and I think it is a very good blog for Oscar progno- prognostication. Um, third on his list is Sean the Sheep movie. Um, Why? In terms of likelihood to win. So basically the next three films, not in terms of quality, in terms of likelihood to win. Basically, I think these next three films each have a 0% chance to win. But I would say, I actually do think Marnie has a slightly better chance to win than the other two. But um, like I think he, he, he did not predict Marnie to get nominated. And I think that um, he was un, he's been underrating that film's chances the whole time. Because I, I do think the... Uh, animation branch makes unconventional choices on a consistent basis. So let's talk about Sean the Sheep movie. Sam and I just podcasted on this. Um, uh, Sam and I both don't think this movie is very good. Yeah, it's uh, so it's uh, a uh, Wallace and Gromit spinoff. It's a stop motion animated film. Um, it's uh, it's it's about it's it's light on narrative, light on characterization, um, kind of a stereotypical aimed at uh children jokes for adults type film yeah if you've seen like any like quote-unquote like children's movie in the past 10 15 20 years like barnyard chicken run babe like it's 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 basically that i kind of so i'm gonna actually rant about this for a second i kind of hate that this this film was in this category so this 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 category contains two films about uh mental illness one of which is about uh kind of just this bleak perspective on the worlds and is rated r it contains one film uh whose centerpiece is a uh girl girl romance uh which is also about mental illness we'll talk about it in a second um it, it, and it's just gorgeous. The animated. It contains another film that is uh, gorgeous, is um, and is a super cynical take on industrialism and capitalism, and is super fight the power. And um, 
Then there's Shaun the Sheep movie, which makes no statements whatsoever on the list. <laughs> uh, it just dilutes the category. It shouldn't be here. It stands out as nothing. Sheep are people, too. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the message of Shaun the Sheep movie is. It's, I, it's, I can't think of anything that this contributes in terms of a perspective like a like uh, like a nuanced like, like a nuanced perspective on anything what does nuance even mean i just use that word for that it means nuanced I'm looking it up like distinctive uh unique like or not unique in like a uh in a uh clearly defined way or whatever right. if that's a good definition or not but Nuance. Like, it has a, it means nuanced. I don't know. That's like the type of word I would use in its definition. Anyway, um, I, it, like, I think Sean the Sheet movie is, belongs in that it's slightly clever. It makes references to a lot of stuff. There's, it has some pr- funny moments. Uh, uh, in terms of narrative and characterization, there's basically none. Uh, in terms of um, in, engagement from its audience, it's, it's not engaging. Uh, it's, it's not that it's terrible. It's okay. But uh, in terms compared to these other movies, nope. It's, I mean, it's not the worst way to spend like an hour and a half of your life, but there are probably better ways. And more than that, uh, I, I Sam and I struggled to get even fifteen minutes of discussion on this film without getting to other topics. There's really just nothing to say about it. Yeah, it's it's a movie. It is. I I it's, I, it's, I don't want to say it has no value um, because like a lot of people work hard on it. A lot of people People are gonna. It's. I mean, it's made a hundred million dollars. A lot of people took in a lot of enjoyment out of, it, and enjoyment is value in its own right. I <gasps> believe that. Uh, but we're trying to look at things from kind of a haughty, uh, uh, haughty, a haughty intellectual perspective, and clearly from that perspective, Sean the Sheep movie does not hold up. I mean, from my like personal like critiquing perspective, like being an art student and stuff, <clears throat> it's like I don't really like work that I can't really like latch onto on an emotional level. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just me. Like, I like work that, like, has more or less, like, I don't want to say, like, this movie is soulless, but, like, I like work and There's not much beyond, like, the the, uh, pleasant uh, uh, top uh, top layer of the film. Yeah, like, I like stuff that has, like, a little bit of grit to it. Yeah. Like, has a realness and, like, something, like, not necessarily pain, but, like... There's something there to, like, get my attention. Some sort of some sort of meaning, some sort of distinctiveness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like you know, not another still life, you know. Mm. Which that's this this movie is like a still life painting. Harsh to still lifes. It's definitely a painting. Maybe maybe it's like a it's like a Matisse. Mm. I don't remember if he did still lifes, but uh, you know, it's it's like. It's a good still life, but it's like it's a still life, and all the same, Van Gogh still life, flowers. I'm just talking, and you're not stopping me. Nope. <laughs> just want to see how long this will go on for. I don't know. Now I have to look at Matisse because I don't remember if he actually did a still life. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've we've narrowed the uh, nailed the point down. Um, not big fans of it. That being said. he didn't. No, I'm thinking of Cezanne. Yeah, Cezanne. Anyway, still lives. <clears throat> there are things, and this movie is that in movie form, and yeah, I mean, it belongs in a museum, but that that's a good that's a good thing. I mean, so the people who made this are like famous, not like famous, but like well respected 
they've had like similar like they've had like accolades like, yeah. upon them previous works. So, you know, their names become like a big deal and then, you know, once artists die and stuff, uh, you know, their uh value and and their work like goes up. So, you know, people are gonna pay like millions of dollars for like a Van Gogh. Uh no matter what, like if it's one of his uh self portraits or if it's one of his like so you're things. saying Curse of the Were Rabbit won this category. Uh, yes. Uh, in 2005 and super critically acclaimed. And now people are just assuming that this is another great work by the, the similar people. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I that's, think, that's, that's how my mind works. I'd like to give some credit to the critics who gave this a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't see it, but uh, I'd like to think that they find value in this on, uh, on its own. This is the only film out of these five, which I would say is a kid's movie, and I hate that. I hate characterizing animated films as kids' movies, but this really is a kid's movie. Jimmy Neutron. I wouldn't I wouldn't have said Jimmy Neutron's a kid's movie. I think it has narrative value in its own right. So I would watch that now. Nope. We're going to talk about uh, Boy in the World. The uh, It's like actually like a 2013 film by Ali Abru. Yeah. Didn't uh, we uh, check the... Uh... It, it is it is eligible for some obscure reason. It is eligible this year. Uh, it is a Brazilian film. It is no dialogue, much like Shaun the Sheep, but neither have dialogue. That's true. Uh, Boy in the World. Um, I'd recommend you seeing it. I like. I, I, I don't think this movie's great. Um, I don't think either of us thought it was like incredible. Um, I, I do wonder whether you thought it was better than Anomalisa and Inside Out because you're not super high on any of the three of them. I, <clears throat> I mean, start to think about that because we're not to rank them at the end of this. But um, yeah. this film is it's uh, it's like this super gorgeous hand drawn. Um, I don't even know if it's hand drawn, but. Uh, it looks like it's like stick figures um, and it, like it's like starts like a simple stick figure and expands into this giant colorful world it's um, it's for most for most of the film it's kind of boring uh, I will say that but towards the end it becomes kind of this uh, incredible industrial industrialism capitalism critique and I love it <laughs> at the end it's it be, it's it's just it's so funny that this this movie that starts with stick figures turns into just this biting capitalist critique right it's 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 there's one section where it's not even animation anymore and they just show clips of like live action stuff happening and it's 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 kind of wonderful it's like all these terrible products of industrialism right and yeah yeah um i mean like i said i don't think it's great but uh, i love that it's nominated i think it's distinctive i think it's uh, interesting and um it deserves to be seen i think i feel like this is a movie to see in a, a theater if, or like just any really like that's dark... not, really, not really helpful advice because you can't see it in a theater anymore well okay okay let's all right so a theater like setting so without like your computer or your phone just like focusing on yeah i did play it on a, a fairly big tv it was it was or or like even like a clock a clock so so you can like get lost into it because i feel like this movie is more of an experience than it is a yeah i agree it's it's it, it's hard to pin down a narrative here um but yeah. it's definitely an experiential film yeah but i don't think i think if you're like distracted by something else like in the beginning you're not gonna be able to like get into it you really do have to try to get into it because it's it's a little bit rough in the beginning but you just have to you have to tough it out and you have to keep watching it will pay off yeah yeah sure both of us are pretty high on it but neither I, I do you agree that it's not wonderful it's just yeah i agree yeah yeah i got i got a little bit of but yeah it's i'm I'm so happy this movie's animated it's so weird it's like this weird two-year-old brazilian film that just nobody saw like just yeah apparently it was like a documentary 
like started as a documentary. I'm not, I haven't heard from one person who listened to our boy in the world podcast and had actually seen the film. Like I'm pretty sure zero people watching, listening to this have seen the film. Um, and I just, it's, it's like, like, yeah, promote this. Uh, this film has things to say. It has a lot of ton of value and I, I love that it's nominated. It's an art piece. It is. It is really, it, it is the most of these, I would say this is an art piece and like Anomalisa. Those are the two ones that I would like, describe Down as kind of art pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Capitalism is bad. Industrialization. End it. You could, I mean, you could make an argument that it's not anti-capitalist, just anti-industrialist, but whatever. Hard to distinguish. Well, well, I don't know. I think industrialization sort of like breeds capitalism. I would say that the movie is also anti-capitalist, but that's also maybe... They they both like play into each other. That's maybe me wanting to see that a little bit in the movie too. Like because like society became capitalist, we like made more machines so that we can get more products. I do think it's much more anti-industrialist than capitalist. But By the way, if you start watching the beginning of the movie and think back to me and sam's conversation about this it will make no sense believe me it pays off (laughs) okay uh last but not least is sam and i's darling when marnie was there (laughs) my darling my my uh my little china doll i feel the most affection too for sure yeah me too this is a uh 20 was when was this released in japan 2014 uh the the final film by studio ghibli uh about uh this girl, this 12 year old girl, Anna, and uh, this girl she meets, Marnie, and their subsequent um, deep bonds and romance in rural Japan. Uh, if you if you hear descriptions of this film, you may not uh, hear it talked about as a uh, lesbian romance, but um, it is. Yeah, uh, kind of, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's very, uh, very gay. It is the best uh, lesbian romance film uh that is out uh that was nominated for any oscars this year much better than carol <laughs> yeah much carol was <laughs> we should do an off topic podcast on carol <laughs> sam and i i mean i thought carol was good but like when marnie was there is much better yeah I, I agree this is a film that uh uh much much like boy in the world is a little bit light on narrative but unlike boy in the world it is a deep character piece um this is definitely a character piece about Anna and Marnie. And um, I mean, they're holding hands in the poster. Like, seriously, this is the type of um, of like gay erasure that you hear about on Tumblr. But if you're cynical, you're like, oh, what? that doesn't exist. This is a gay romance film and no one talks about it as that. Like, what else are you supposed yeah. to say? Uh, it's the clearest example. You should see it. You should interpret it romantically because that's what it is. Um, this movie's narrative when it when it occurs is weird the end of the movie has like narrative twists and it's weird um but i don't think it matters too much because i think it's a character piece um like i i I think that this is the third film about mental illness in this category um again this is not you won't understand if you watch it but uh anna is sent to the countryside because she is depressed and um even though the film does not say that that's just like what how it is um and it's, i thought you had asthma yeah that which is japanese code for for depressed for mental illness <laughs> no seriously like that's their culture they don't talk about mental illness so you call it asthma and she sent to the countryside to like uh try to get better or whatever and it's about her dealing with um like her depression her loneliness and finding a companion in and developing feelings for her. it's incredibly gorgeous um the two characters are wonderful the animation is wonderful. The direction is wonderful. Um, it's it's just really incredible film. 
lovely movie. Really is. Uh, the dub was okay. I have not seen the dub. I, I do still want to see it. Last time I watched it, I watched the dub. It was okay. I want to I want to see it because the the two main leads voiced by people I know, so that's cool. Um, and I I do think that this movie would probably not work as well in English because it's just very Japanese. Yeah, it, I mean, it basically, just sounded like they read off the uh, English subs, which is which is the best way to go, I guess. Like, given our uh, little thing that we did the other night. Never mind. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. We we were playing uh, Duncan Ropa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's you're saying it's like a typical, uh, good dub or whatever. It's like a straight a straight. It's it's like you. Well, I don't, like well, good doesn't necessarily like correlate with like straight like true to. It's it's yeah. It's sometimes the best dubs are ones that make adjustments based on um. <clears throat> I agree. On uh, cultural expectation. Um. I think that if you do that for certain types of films like this one, it'll lose a lot of meaning. So I think you need to be careful with that. Uh, we love this film. It's not going to win the category. Uh, I love that it's nominated. I'm very thankful that it's nominated. I was This was the biggest thing that I was happy about on Oscar nomination day. And um, it's. Uh, I also think this one's going to hold up and this is going to be... Um, like, I, I do think I'm going to like watch this 20 years from now and still like really love it. You'll be crying... On your couch, and you call me like Sam, yeah. Marty, Marty, and, and you'll be like, like I, I haven't talked to you in like ten years. No, like, no, no, no. Like, no, we'll be doing the twenty-year anniversary podcast. Ha 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 ha! Okay, uh, let's start with this category overall. So, I have some. I kind of want to talk about that mental illness thread connecting three of the films in this movie, but uh, I'm going to write an article on that probably, um, and. Let's rank the five films based on how much you enjoyed them. We, I, we told you what's going to win. This is based basically only Sam and I's personal enjoyment. Do you want me to go first or you? You go first. Okay. So it's uh, I know Melissa and when Marnie was there a close one and two for me. I'll put uh, I'll put um, see. I think I have a Melissa one in my rankings, but I'm you know I don't know. I've I haven't seen Marnie in a while. We can go Melissa and Marnie tied for one. Three is um, Boy in the World. Four is Inside Out, and then a distant five is Shaun the Sheep movie. Okay. I'm going to go... One is Marnie. Two... I guess Anomaly, so... Uh, three, Inside Out. Four, Born the World. And five, uh, Shaun the Sheep. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, it's... I, I just... I think this is a super strong category, I think. There's two truly greats, two that bring a lot to the table, and that are also good, and then there's Sean the Sheep movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there's Sean the Sheep. He was a sheep, all right. So, in talking about legitimacy of the category this year, um, and this might be a retreading of an article I published at some point um, with us in this next week, is uh, you have eight films nominated for Best Picture, none of which touch mental illness at all. And then you have this uh, best animated feature category where you'd expect uh, films made for children, but where in actuality you have two films um, that deeply uh, and clearly discuss mental illness and then one that subtly does as well. Uh, Three out of five in this category are in some form about mental illness. Um, Meanwhile, you won't find any other movies nominated for any category that discuss it in any form. Uh, If you want, how could you say that 
animation in its current state is not uh, legitimate or making deep uh, critiques uh, or making deep points and like themes. How, how could you say this? Um, Inside Out kind of subtly touches uh, the inner workings, uh, of course, it touched the inner workings. The mind subtly touches depression a lot, um, and just more overall, it it talks about how not even even uh, children and young people are not necessarily just okay, and that um, everyone should be introspective. Everyone should be like it's it's it shouldn't be a given that uh, people of any age are like fine just mentally, and you should ignore that, right? Um, inside out definitely makes that point and it's, it makes, uh, subtle points about how depression is related to all of our emotions. Um, uh, anomalies, uh, uh, talks, uh, very talks about how mental illness shapes our perspective of the world and how it can, it can, uh, consume our, uh, our, our perspective, influence it and, um, really just affect things, um. And and I mean even outside of that, what's a, what I love one part I love about it is that it's 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 points about the the cynicism and mun, mundane parts of our of our society and world are kind of independent of of uh, any characters' uh, mental illness that eventually emerge in the film. Um, it makes points about how it can negatively affect us, and also about how um, despite that, you can still have legitimate perspectives. Um, when Marnie was there is the most subtle of them all touching on again, much like inside out, how even young, young people can, can deal with, uh, depression can deal with mental illness. And, um, Marnie, uh, is, is really a story about how, uh, we can, we can overcome things about us, even through just the bonds of, of other people. Maybe it's not even about uh, winning or treating. It can just be about uh, living, living life, and finding ways to live life with um, with the realities of how of how we are. And uh, and I really do think that's what this movie is saying when Marnie is there. That's really nice. Thank you for saying that one. It's I know I th- I really do think that's what the movie is saying. It's like it's yeah. I, I mean, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being genuine. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think I'm saying it. I guess this is my analysis of it. Um, it's. It's. It's like. It's. It's. It's so hard to to analyze it from that perspective. But Anna's just because they never really talk, say it explicitly in the film. But Anna's like, it's. It's she coping with the realities of life. Sometimes it's just a reality. It's not something that like has to be fought. It's. It's. It's just the way things are, and and you can overcome it with. Um, yeah, not everything is a battle. Everything. Not every. And I think all three films. No, there's no treatment involved in any of these. Yeah. it's just about living life through that it's 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 just a reality and it, it, marnie is the most explicit of that all finding comfort in in the realities of life through through friendship and love and um Aww. and just and even the the gorgeousness of the world too and something else anna really appreciates in the film uh and just finding activities that have meaning to you anna loves uh, painting i think as well in the film like it's it's just it's i think that's my favorite of them all in terms of uh had the commentary on on mental states and how they relate to uh like perspectives on life and stuff like that and i just i did like we have three of three of some of my favorite uh like portrayals of this all in animated films all kind of shoved away into this as what a lot of people would see as an auxiliary category and um, I think we should really just embrace the the messages of them we should treat animated films more legitimately we should treat uh kind of mental illness and met like uh 
just, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm struggling to find a word for this all topic, not just like illness, but just like mentality, like uh, treat it as more of a legitimate topic to be um, to be sh- in the open. And I think Inside Out was a big step towards that. And I think that uh, more of the best picture film should have re- should have uh, reflected that. Yeah, I'm looking at the best picture nods and it's like. Wow. You could argue Room has a lot of this as well. I think Room Room I think does deal with this topic. So maybe yeah. I would like to retract a little bit, but it's 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 more of a direct trauma type thing. Uh, I think Room is actually the only one I've seen on this. <laughs> but given from like I don't know just reading about what a lot of these movies are about, just like a lot of them are straight like, dramas about factual things. Dramas are like boring, like oh, I'm sorry. And again, hopefully all the podcasts I'm talking about, all eight of them, because I've seen all eight. And um, they're great movies in their own right. But uh, you have a film, you have films in there like The Revenant and um, and Mad Max, which contain very little to no narrative. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have three deep narratives about uh, kind of uh, topics that society often doesn't like to put out in the open in this category and you have narrative revenant mad max big short like it's i don't these are not deeply deep narrative films um but yeah this this category is important the films in this category are important on that level just on a straight uh um, straight uh like quality perspective and check, check if i check check them out if you have not these ones that we talked about maybe this will get you to watch marnie at least and I think watching Marnie, I feel like is the type of film maybe you should be primed on. Like, I feel like Anomaly Lisa, I've said too much and you should just go in blind. Um, Marnie, like understanding that uh, that's what asthma means and that like, uh, yes, this is. Yeah, I, I didn't know that's what asthma I, meant. <laughs> I thought she was literally having an asthma attack. I mean, it's 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 not neither of these two things I'm saying. If you went and asked the people who made the film, they would be like, yes. Like it's it's like hidden enough that <laughs> that like hey, Miyazaki, what's asthma? Well, he he's not he did not. I'm yeah. trying to connect to the viewers, don't He's not the one that made this film, but yeah. Uh. Okay, um, I don't. I think that covered everything that I want to talk about here. A lot of other thoughts, Sam, on the category. Anything we've talked about here at all? <sighs> well, I don't know. It'll sure be interesting. Will it? I, I don't know, I guess. I mean, Inside Out's going to win, but that's not the point of this podcast. I just, I just like, I'm blanking on what other animated movies came out. And so I want to, like, compare the competition to, like, what got nominated and what didn't. Uh, Minions did not get nominated, thankfully. Whoa. Um, did I see any others that aren't on this list? Nope. Those are the, those are the ones I saw. Sure, Wikipedia should be able to tell me. But, yeah. Oh, no. Also, Good Dinosaur did not get nominated. I didn't see that. Uh, that is a film that I'm happy did not get nominated. So, congrats. Honestly, congrats to them. There's some, uh, some Batman movies. Where's the Dragon? I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a thing, apparently. Oh, the SpongeBob movie didn't get nominated. I forgot that happens. <laughs> Sponge out of water. Nope, that didn't get nominated. Neither did uh, the newest Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda came out this year, though. No, apparently, it came out this year. Kung Fu Panda Two. Oh no, that's a that's a, a short. Oh, uh, a short. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All these sound like duds. 
the big ones, the weak ones got the nominations. So that's good. The Flintstones and WWE Stone Age Smackdown. Oh, uh, the uh, the the Peanuts movie didn't get nominated. Oh yeah. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I, really I haven't seen it. it either. I like the Peanuts. I, I, I assume it would have been better than Sean, so, you know. Okay, I'm Dylan Eisen, that's San Quattro. Find out everything about this podcast at Overly Animated. Subscribe to us if you're listening on YouTube. Subscribe to us there. Uh, otherwise, subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, Overly Animated Podcast. Search for it there. Um, you can support us on patreon.com slash overly animated. Thanks to our current patrons, Shayna, Mitch Cordell, Nate, Beatriz, Andy, Jamie, and Rachel, aka Haina, Fever Mitch, Cordell University, Beach Exchange, Buzz Like Your Mailman, and Rachel Rose. Um, trying to think. I mean, I, we're recording this a few days before I'm going to publish it. We recorded this right after Sean the Sheet. Don't tell them our secrets. Secrets. Um, See, so yeah, I'm not sure what's next because uh, I don't know the schedule, but yeah. Uh, Oscars on Sunday. Look out for other Oscar coverage. Uh, my, maybe my article on this, maybe a podcast on the Best Picture nominees on OverlyAnimated.com. Let me know what you thought of uh, our discussion here. And cool. Good, yeah. Sam? Uh, good. I'm just trying to figure out why the voice of Charlie Brown isn't listed first on Wikipedia for the voice acting cast of the Peanuts movie. Anyway. I cannot contribute to that. So. Neither can I. Uh, yeah, animated, animated movies. They're things. They're important. Yep. There you go. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.